Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, cycling, line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. Buckman has another. Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. I don't think coming into the trade deadline that we would be sitting here, gentlemen, at the start of this podcast to talk about Kevin Cheveldayoff making not one, not two, not three, four, five, but six trades. Busy. Busy, busy day. Yeah, it's uh, Sportsnet stats saying uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff has made more trades so far today than he had the previous seven trade deadline days combined yeah I mean that's he talked kind of a little bit about that kind of in his press conference just the fact that it depends on kind of what position you're in what you're out there to do uh, if you're a buyer if you're a seller or if there's just not really the market that you're looking for for any particular player or prospect then you're not going to force yourself to to make a deal and of course the the focus that the team had especially early on was just building and developing uh the picks that they made so they weren't always necessarily trying to sell off a lot of things they wanted to keep a certain number of veterans around and now it gets to a point like he said today where you know he and Paul Maurice had a number of conversations leading up to today and obviously we see the the product of that is uh just a whole bunch of trades one of course for for Kevin Hayes is the one that was really early and then a lot of interesting ones just in terms of depth on D some a couple of forwards as well it's just kind of interesting to see what the additions were Jamie Thomas alongside uh, Mitchell Clinton and, of course, Tyler Esquivel, both uh, my, the gentlemen that are with me for this podcast coming back. They've had a long day of traveling from beautiful uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. I don't – well, I envy you guys entirely on this one. But uh, let, let's go over the, what, what, what transpired today. Kevin Hayes, uh, second year in a row, Kevin Cheveldayoff has brought in a quote-unquote second-line center. Now, I spoke with Kevin Cheveldayoff, who you'll hear here momentarily. Uh, he's not – pinning him in that position as a second-line center. That's all up to Paul Maurice. But, but Tyler, um, we kind of had heard about it. And now, of course, Mark Stone was part of the conversation of, of somebody could be coming to, to, to Winnipeg. But Kevin Hayes, filling a need, I guess, in some ways. You, you can never have enough centermen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the thing that stands out most about Kevin Hayes is that he's an, he's an offensive threat. But Chevalier did touch on this in his press conference. It's his defensive abilities that you're going to be impressed with. So I'm just excited to see where he fits in. He seems like he's a real uh, intangible player in many different areas. So um, obviously he's got 14 goals this season, 42 points all around. Um, you know, he had a bit of an injury earlier this year. He seems to have rebounded well from that. So uh, you know, I'm happy to see where he fits in and how he complements our wingers. Uh, he did say in his press conference or conference call rather that, you know, no matter where he plays, he's going to be playing with some good wingers. And judging on the moves made today and the transactions and where everything went, uh, I'm really interested to see how everything shakes down with Kevin Hayes in the fold. I interviewed with James James Duthie today on TSN. Uh, Kevin Hayes did say he's centerman that thinks pass first. Mm-hmm. So there's some pretty good wingers, a possibility on the side that he could be passed to, and I'm sure Jets fans are salivating at this moment. Uh, as you always hear on this day, you have to give up something to get something. The Jets parting with a first-round pick, their 2019 first-round pick. Second year in a row, they do that. Also, Brandon Lemieux uh, goes to the New York Rangers as long, along with a conditional fourth-round pick should the, the Winnipeg Jets win the Stanley Cup this year. They will have to part with that draft pick. But let's... Quickly go through Brendan Lemieux. I think, guys, we should give him a lot of credit for how much he seemed to mature through a whole season. There was, 
you know, the penalties that he took that cost the Jets the game in the second contest of, of the uh, Global Series with the Florida Panthers in Finland and then just finding his way in as an everyday player in the Jets roster. He, uh, I don't remember if it was this training camp or the one just before it. It might have been, it might have been last season's, uh, where he came in uh, significantly lighter. Uh, not that he was, you know, it was he, he just carried a lot of muscle. Uh, I think he he slimmed out a little bit, and, and that was just a, the kind of commitment that he was uh, putting forward to try to just crack an NHL lineup and stay there. And then, of course, this year he got in. He was part of a, a really good. Uh, line with Andrew Kopp and, and Mason Appleton and obviously scored a couple of big goals in Nashville and really got on a run um, just before the break and was playing some some really good hockey so obviously he's done everything that he has needed to do to carve out a role in, in the National Hockey League so uh, can't say enough about the the work ethic he was always real nice to us uh, whenever we wanted to chat in the dressing room about anything whatsoever he was more than willing to do it so uh, obviously wish him the best of luck. He will always be remembered for his role in the Nutcracker as well, who did a great job uh, in that uh, Christmas play, as they say. Yeah, he and he's one of those guys that even when you know he was a, a mainstay in the lineup for stretches, he would always be one of the last guys off the ice tipping pucks. Uh, that's one thing that I'm going to miss just watching him do that. It was so impressive. Yeah, who's going to join Blake Wheeler in front of the net uh, on game days? I know, it's part of the routine. Find out. Yeah, we're going to find out on, on Tuesday. Uh, some injuries on the blue line may be making these next couple of moves necessary for uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff. Uh, we're not quite sure on the what's next for Josh Morrissey. Uh, injured in the game against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Dustin Bufflin's on the shelf still, as is uh, Joe Morrow. So there is room for some reinforcements, as they say. Let's talk about Nathan Beaulieu, who came from the Sabres today for a six-rounder, Mitch. Yeah, he's kind of the... He started his NHL career uh, with the Montreal Canadiens, and he, he kind of played some partial seasons there going between the NHL uh, and the AHL. But he really kind of solidified his role at the National Hockey League level in 2014-2015. In, uh, played a few seasons there uh, with with Montreal, got traded to Buffalo. He's played just about 90 games there. Uh, he's got about 13, 14 points combined in those uh, so obviously a little bit more of a, of a defensive-minded guy, which isn't a, isn't a bad thing, uh, especially on a team that, like the Jets, that has so many defensemen, especially on the right side, that like to get up and in the play. Uh, so having a guy that's a little bit more perhaps on the, on the defensive side of things uh, isn't a bad thing. However, the highlights that you see of, of Bolio, he does make plays. So, right. I mean, that's something that's that's very important, too. It's not too often in the National Hockey League. You're just a standard stay-at-home defenseman that just, I feel like it doesn't really exist anymore. you got to kind of be able to do a number of things. Uh, Bogdan Kicilovic, uh coming over from the Florida Panthers for a seventh-rounder. Tyler, just another left-shot defenseman. Actually played in the Global Series against the Jets in Finland. Yes, so we know everything there is to know about <laughs> Bogdan Kicilovic. But it's another body on the, on the side. Yeah, absolutely. Side. I think you can never be too deep on the blue line. And while, you know... All their their contracts, except for Bolios, is uh, is he's an RFA. The rest of the players that we acquired are UFAs going into the end of the year. I think just right now and where we're at, and you know, you take into account the injuries that are currently facing the Jets uh, right now. Um, like you can't have enough depth. He seems like a a pretty solid player. Uh, I know that Kevin Shevoldayev, um in his press conference did touch on the fact that they tried to recruit him uh, to come to play in Winnipeg. So. Um, there's clearly something there that they like, and they were able to get him at a at a reasonable price. He's 29 years old. That's the other thing that really kind of sticks out to me is when you look at all the trades that we made today, they're 
uh, veteran players. They're they're whether or not they are veterans of the NHL, mm. um, but they they've been around pro hockey for a long time. They know what it takes to to win games. So um, I think the dynamic is going to change a little bit here, and and possibly for the better. So um, I'm really excited to see him get into action if if we can. Nick Patan uh, just couldn't crack the everyday lineup, and there's a good reason for that. There's a lot of depth at forward for the Winnipeg Jets, so just uh, struggled to get some playing time. Uh, so he is off to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, by the way, we'll wear number 19, is arriving in Toronto tomorrow for uh, Pear Lindholm. Uh, uh, Mitch, first off, quick thought on Nick Patan, then, of course, the addition of Pear Lindholm. Yeah, I mean, Nick Patan's just a guy that, that came to work every single day. I don't think you ever heard a complaint about... Patan and, and the fact that he wasn't trying in practice or anything like that he was doing absolutely everything he could to get in the lineup and was just a, a really good teammate um by all by all accounts I mean you never really heard a bad bad thing about him so he's another guy of course you, you wish uh, all the best in mm-hmm. in Toronto and uh you know he can play really well just as long as it's not against the Winnipeg Jets, even though I'm sure there'll be a little bit of motivation for him as there is with any player going up against an old team. And for, for Per Lindholm, uh, he's a guy that, you know, played a lot in Sweden uh, before coming over to the National Hockey League. So he's a he's kind of had a little bit of a, of a fourth-line role in, in Toronto. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in. We talked a lot about um, the success that the fourth line was having. Uh, prior to Paul Maurice kind of shuffling the lines up a little bit and moving Andrew Kopp back up with Adam Lowry and Brandon Tanev. So it be interesting to kind of see that dynamic uh, on the fourth line after all of these additions and, and changes, uh, just kind of what trio gets put together. La- well, I shouldn't say last but not least, but another big ad- addition to the, the Winnipeg Jets dressing room, uh, Matt Hendricks. Uh, I don't think it can be said enough about the presence that he had in the Jets dressing room, uh, certainly on the ice, uh, practice every day, and, and it played a big role uh, down the stretch drive and certainly into the playoffs last year. And Tyler, just you're, and you're dealing with Matt Hendricks and just what you've heard about him in, in the Jets dressing room. How important is this acquisition for the team going uh, down the road here? Yeah, I think I think it's vital. I mean, it says a lot that you know you would go after a player um at his stage at the stage that he is in his career and mm-hmm. and not to say that he doesn't have anything left to give because I think he does. Um you know in our dealings with him as a group uh, here at Jets TV he was nothing but you know gracious to us and I think that just sort of extends into the the person that he is and how he operates within that Winnipeg Jets locker room. You look at the number of games played not as high as uh, he was at last year so I am not going to speak to the the role that he played in Minnesota but clearly um, you know, things were, were clicking for him here. Not that they maybe weren't there, but, you know, he had uh, he, he scored goals last year. He was he was a huge role player on the team. So I'm I'm just excited to see him, um, you know, back in that dressing room and, and playing the role that he does. And, and, you know, obviously the guys wanted him back, so happy to have him back. I remember talking to our colleagues at uh, Oilers TV last year at the All-Star Game, and they said they had written an article about Matt Hendricks during their playoff drive in 2017. Uh, injured players aren't traditionally allowed down the dressing room during the game. Uh, the Oilers made an exception for him because of that presence that he has. Uh, so we're not quite sure what Matt Hendricks' role is on the ice, but there's a role that uh, has kind of been missed in some ways. And I don't want to speak for the players, but I think that you can never have enough veteran role models in your dressing room when you get towards the playoffs. Talk about his uh, penalty kill abilities, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the best that I've ever you know, witnessed uh, playing on the ice in the NHL. He, you know boxing out guys and making sure that they close lanes and you know also a warrior brandon tanf 2.0 just taking pucks wherever <laughs> exactly, wherever and exactly getting up and doing it uh just keep playing so 
Really exciting. Um, as we get to the next part of the, of the program here, uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff uh, has spoke a lot. He clearly was on the phone a lot during this day and also took the time to talk to the media for a long time, then also do some uh, media availabilities with sports and then took the time to join us. Uh, I prefaced this by saying at the beginning of my conversation with the Jets general manager, I had a Halls mint in my mouth and it started clicking around and I had to take it out and... Uh, Chevy was a great sport about this. I, I hope you enjoy this Such conversation. <laughs> yes, it was. And at least he bailed me I out. I thought you were so a professional. I might not be here after today, so we'll uh, <laughs> appreciate this. Here's Kevin Sheveldayoff. Shop where the players shop. JetsGearAndTrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. This is Nikolai Ehlers. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. All right, uh, special trade uh, deadline edition of uh, Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Chevy, let me take that out of my mouth. I apologize for that. <laughs> I was trying to freshen my breath for you when you came in here. <laughs> I'm the one that's probably needs to apologize to you if that's the case. A couple of, a couple of cups of stale coffee today for right. sure. Well, I don't want to talk about what my breath smelled like, but uh, we're getting personal here. Not going to get personal about the day that was for you here on the trade deadline. Six deals today. When you look back, and I know you haven't had a whole lot of time to digest it, how are you feeling about what you've done for this hockey club? Well, again, I think we, uh, you know, we took a look at some of the areas that we wanted to try to see if there was an opportunity to, to get a player that was the right fit to, to move forward. Um, you know, so again, getting Kevin done early in the day was uh, was good because you know we worked hard at it, and it's something that uh, you know we were pretty uh, pretty keen on on making happen. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's a good fit. I think it gives, uh, you know, Paul a lot of options on how he can structure his lines. Uh, you know, Kevin's, you know, obviously got some good offensive capabilities, but I think, you know, his defensive game is very good as well. So uh, another penalty killer that, uh, you know, can come into the lineup, play a prominent, uh, you know, role in that, another big body um, as we continue to, you know, to, to grind through the month of, uh, of March. Um, you know, it, you know, I think that's going to be an important, uh, important thing moving forward. So that was good to get that. And then, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, we, we needed to address some depth in, in some areas. Um, you know, with respect to the defense and having, uh, you know, three guys out uh, potentially with Josh being out for a bit, um, you know, to, to take a look at that. And, and um, you know, so we were able to, you know, to make some acquisitions there. And, uh, you know, again, we, we, we had to make a couple of moves, you know, for different, uh, different reasons. And, and um, you know, you, when you make a trade for a player that's been part of your group, uh, you know, it's tough. So I wish, uh, you know, Brendan and, and Nick, uh, you know, all the best, um, you know, moving forward from that. They're, they've grown, you know, within our organization and part of our, you know, draft and, and development, uh, you know, type of mentality that we've had. But, you know, again, I think they've both graduated to being NHL players, which, you know, again, that's that's all part of the process here is, is – uh, whether the players end up playing for us or, you know, our, our pieces that we use to, um, you know, to continue to build this team to where we ultimately want to be. How proud are you of, of Brennan and Nick as, as they leave the organization? You know, real proud, I think. Uh, you know, again, um, you know, sometimes you wish, you know, you, you, you maybe had better opportunities, you know, certainly for a player like Nick, uh, you know, to, to showcase himself. And I think he's going to, um, you know, be a, a very good NHL player, you know, moving forward. And, and Brendan is someone that, you know, again, has earned his opportunities, uh, you know, uh, along the way. And, and um, you know, just just how he's grown over this season in and of itself was uh, was, was very good to, you know, to the point where I think, you know, again, I think he's going to be a, a good piece of the, you know, the, 
you know, what, what, of the build. I don't, you know, again, I don't want to rebrand or rebuild there in, in, in New York, but I think the building process there, um, you know, he's going to be an exciting player for them to watch. How much does familiarity play a part in, in trades? You know, there's a good relationship between Blake Wheeler and Paul Stastny before the deal was made last year. You're very familiar with Kevin Hayes, having been part of the management team that drafted him with yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks. How much does familiarity play a role in deals like this? Well, it's, it's certainly, uh, I think it always helps. I think you've got a perspective that, you know, um, you know, uh, again, uh, over the course of time and whether it's, uh, you know, Matt Hendricks situation as well, you know, having him here and knowing what, you know, what kind of person he is and, and uh, you know, uh, how hard he competes and, and what he brings on a daily basis, you know. So, again, um, hockey's a very small game. There's uh, not a lot of degrees of separation, you know, with respect to, um, knowing, you know, a player or knowing someone that knows a player or, you know, uh, uh, but again, the, the, the nice thing, you know, even for us today was some of the text messages that we got from, you know, people that are, you know, outside the organization, but, you know, have ties to the organization with respect to, um, uh, you know, uh, what a great person we got in Kevin, what a, you know, good player and all the different things that, uh, you know, that, that come into play and, 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 and what you do, you know, your due diligence kind of uncovers when it's validated by you know some of those outside sources as the day goes on it's um, you know it's even better i could share a story with you uh i remember walking the dressing room last year and joel armia was standing there and i asked him how he was doing he goes ah, i'm pretty tired he goes wait a second hendo would kill me if you heard me say that <laughs> every day is a great day to be in the national hockey league it's great i'm so happy to be in this yeah. room today so is that just kind of a small sample of what Matt Hendricks is. Well, I think you know it is, and and as as young players become intermediate players, become veteran players, um, you know, I think they gain that perspective, uh, you know, along the way, and and uh, it is very very special to be part of this league, um, and and whatever small part you know we we, we all play in it, uh, to be a player in this league is uh, is even uh, you know a, a bigger honor. Keith Kachuk's going to be here, and there's a little bit of irony in here as well, as he's a cousin yeah. of Kevin Hayes. Yep. Just, just incredibly how small of a world it is. Just uh, a touch on, you know, the special nights, Hall of Fame night for the Jets tomorrow, and then you get to see some new faces in the lineup. Well, I think, you know, again, just the um, the, the Hall of Fame uh, in and of itself, I think, is a very, very important thing. One thing that it, it, it symbolizes to me, and, and I think as the, uh, the young players in this organization, or any player in this organization for that matters, is that, um, you know, once you're a Jet, you're always a Jet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your time here is always going to be remembered. And, um, you know, if you're one of those fortunate ones that make the impact that, that some of these people have made, you know, over the course of time and, and get honored, um, you know, w- what a big privilege that is. So I'm really, really, really happy that, um, you know, w- when we had the uh, the outdoor game that we connected with the alumni, um, you know, of, of the Jets of, of uh, you know, of, of, of 1.0 or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, um, you know, to see, uh, you know, them whenever we get the opportunity. Um, when you look back at stuff, how, sorry, how about this question? How much have you changed over the years since you first became a general manager till today to be able to sit, not so much sit back and relax and, and watch the games as you were, let's say, at the start? You know what I'm getting at? Where you, uh, are you able to relax more? I'm, and, and... I'm, I'm fatter. I have less hair. <laughs> uh, I walk by the Mark Shifley. So physically, yes. I walk by the Mark Shifley picture at the draft. I go, geez, who is that guy on stage there? You know, so... Uh, you know what? It's um, it's 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 a demanding job. It's something that uh, you know. Again, 
you know, you're always looking to, to try and, and make your organization better. And there's always, you know, something that, uh, you know, that, that is on your mind. But um, I don't think you ever really just sit back and, and, and take a deep breath and say, okay, you know, like, you know, you can sit back. Certainly days like today, like my level of influence, you know, on this team moving forward for the next period of time is, is certainly, you know, n- not as great. Not that it is, you know, better or more on, on, on any given day during the season, but you know, we needed to make some, uh, you know, some some acquisitions today to fill some, you know, some holes and, and do some things, and, and uh, I feel good about it today. When you were playing in Brandon, did you ever see yourself in this role, being responsible for the present and the future of a hockey club? No, you know, you just wanted to play. Mm. When you're in Brandon, when you're a player, that's all you want to do. But you know what? I, I always had an eye on, you know, just trying to prepare yourself for, you know, the inevitable or the, you know, the un. I guess unforeseen, and for me, when I, you know, when I crashed into the boards, um, you know, the year after I was drafted and blew my knee out, you know, I had uh, a dose of reality that that came, you know, flashing right then, just how fragile an NHL or a hockey career of any sort could be. So, uh, again, I think it goes back to that uh, that Matt Hendricks analogy that uh, every day in the National Hockey League is a great day. Have you become? Are you? Do you understand players more when they get hurt because you've gone through and had your quote unquote dream? Taken well, away because yeah, of an injury you know, you I see... think you know you, um, you certainly can relate. More uh, empathy, I, I, guess I find more. I find it really hard to, you know, when a player does get injured, to really watch it. I don't really mm-hmm. watch the replays if I don't have to, type thing. Um, you know, again, it's it's uh, it, it's it's such a fast game, and, and things can happen, you know, so quickly. So uh, again, um, you know, you just you, you just want players to be prepared, and and uh, and, and you know, again, on ice, off ice. Uh, the fitness levels that they have, the attention they pay to it, that's all part of being prepared. You mentioned in the, in the news conference today, youngest team in the National Hockey League, that might change with the addition of some of the yeah, players I think today. It today. <laughs> <laughs> might jump significantly in some ways. We keep knocking Hendo, and I appreciate, I apologize yeah, for that, yeah. Matt. But uh, how impressed were you to be where you are, or not satisfied, but impressed with how young you are? and to be in first place in the Central Division at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, again, I, I don't know that I really spend a lot of time thinking okay. about that. You know, again, there's it's all part of the growth process. You know, again, I we spend a lot of time, um, you know, talking about the players that, you know, we, we, we pencil into the lineup before, this, you know, the season starts that get, you know, put more into ink in the lineup as the, you know, training camp progresses. You know, and then you know you you, you go to battle with uh, you know with the group that you know that you have, and um, you know from a coach's perspective, obviously, they never truly know what they're going to get in, in, in front of them, and they have to you know look at the mix and and try and put it together. But um, our leadership group is, is is very good. Our coaching staff is very good. Our leadership group in our room is very good. Um, you know, and again, it goes back to. In, in some other organizations, when you try to implement younger players, you know, sometimes, you know, those players don't get that opportunity because, you know, for, for various different reasons. And, and, you know, here, I think, you know, part of our strength and is, is that, um, you know, our, our young players, uh, you know, help our veteran players and our veteran players help our young players to be the best that they can be. You parted with the first round pick last year, another one this year. Let's go to the draft in Dallas. First time you've ever sat on the floor in the first round and, and not been a part of it. I'm not saying yeah. not making phone calls. Yeah. How difficult was that for you and the and Larry? And- yeah, it, it's hard. You know, Zinger and Mark Hillier, you know, who you know basically immerse themselves on the amateur side uh, all year long. Um, you know, it, it, it's difficult. It's bittersweet, but 
you know, again, I, I, I hearken back to, you know, when, when we made the trade last year and traded the first round pick, Mark Hillier was one of the first texts I got and said, we'll find a great player in the mm-hmm. second round, you know, so that's, that's their job. That's what they do. But, you know, the, they're, or, you know, they're part of this organization and, and ultimately, you know, they want to win. And, uh, that's what, you know, every, every person, you know, with, from all aspects of it, you know, is, is, you know, we're here to try to, you know, help you know, this organization, this city, um, this province, you know, to, to, to be proud of, of, of what our team is and uh, and how they play. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but were you jumping out of your seat when Patrick Lana gets those that first goal in Vegas the other night? That, that had to have been some relief for, for you and, and, and knowing how the weight that comes off Patrick's shoulders at the same time. Yeah, you know what, he, he, he had a great game that day. He played hard and it was, it was nice, you know, like again, I've never, you know, been a guy that could score goals, so you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what uh, was you know maybe going through his mind or not through his mind, but it's a tough league to be in, and you know twenty years old is is, is uh, you know to, to accomplish what he has in that short period of time, you know without really any blips along the way or major you know and, and again this is going to look back as at, you know he'll look back at it as such a minuscule thing over the course of time. But it'll it'll have taught him so much, uh, you know, from uh, you know from understanding uh, his game moving forward. How do you think he handled it? Not that this, yeah, is... no, fantastic. Yeah. Again, I think you know, you know, again, you know, you're all part of a team, and and, and uh, you know, there, there's the individual side of it. You know, certainly when you're as you know a good a player as he is, you know, the spotlight gets put on you on the individual side of it. But I think the thing he's most proud of is you know, you know the fact of where we're at as uh, you know as a group right now and, and where we want to get to because you know uh, yes it does take individual you know things along the way that you keep on working towards but um, you know again the, the the you know the group you know has a singular focus and that's uh, to try to win as a team. February 18th, I believe, was the eight-year anniversary of Blake Wheeler being dealt to the Atlanta Thrashers, thus the Winnipeg Jets afterwards. How thankful are you that that trade was made? Yeah, again, you know, ironically, uh, I was with Chicago at the time, and I remember it because, you know, we were talking to Boston about, uh, you know, some different things that they had to do or were looking at doing. And, you know, I remember the names and I remember, you know, when it all came down and those kind of things and never thought that, uh, you know, again, it would be part of, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, seeing him grow into the player that he has and, um, you know, and the leader that he has and just how much he means to, uh, to this franchise. So, um, you know, thankful that that happened, but really thankful that he, you know, made the commitment twice to our organization to, um, you know, to be part of this process. And, and um, you know, again, you know, really believe in, in, in what we've been trying to get accomplished. Another member of your leadership group is Brian Little. And, you know, some people could look at this and say, Brian Little's going to be bumped out of the second line center position. What do you say to that? And then also, can you touch on how important he's been to what you guys have done here? What the part of the leadership group, how he's developed, helped develop younger players, and just touch a little bit on Brian Little. Yeah, so I don't know where where the, the ultimate you know slotting is going to work. Right. Uh, you know, with respect to uh, first line, second line, third line, fourth line, I think people get really hung up with um, you know with that. I think that um, you know again, it's it's how the the lines will come together and, and the fit that that can be there is the most important thing. So um, you know again, Brian's a, you know a big part of our group here, and you know I think you, you know you saw the energy that uh, you know him, Ehlers, and Connor had in, in Vegas there, and, and uh, you know that's you know that's the type of game that that he can play. He can play a strong defensive game. He can play a high tempo game. Um, you know again, uh, and, 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 and any given night. You're going to need, you know, you know, all that depth, uh, you know, going in that direction. Uh, one last one for you, because I promised 15 minutes with Brownie. Um, do you remember your first deal since you became when you became general manager of this hockey club? 
that involved a player or players? Well, you know, again, I, I think, uh, you know. Were you nervous when you started making trades? Like that's No, another... I don't think you're nervous about, yeah. you know, again, it's, uh, you know, a lot of the trades we made early were, you know, for, we were on the other side, we were sellers, um, you know, we were, we were, we were a team that, uh, you know, needed to rebuild. So deadline day was, uh, you know, was a little bit different. We were the teams that were acquiring the draft picks, uh, you know, for players. So it's, uh, it's a difficult day at that point in time as well, because, uh, you know, again, you know, you're, you're the, the rest of the players in the room need to play hard. And, and one thing I'm real proud of, you know, over the course of time, the players that remained here, even after deadline day, when, when those years were tough, they played hard mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and they competed and uh, they represented the organization well. And for that, I, I hope that, you know, on a day like today, they can remember back, um, you know, and, and, and remember how that felt and, and understand um, you know how much we believe in them, um, and and what we hope that uh, that they can uh, you know accomplish together. Chevy, really appreciate the time. Thanks for doing it. You've My been pleasure. talking all day, I imagine. Yeah. And so I appreciate you taking an extra fifteen minutes out of your day. Thanks so much. Fifty fifty tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca/slash fifty fifty in support of the True North Youth Foundation. All right, final segment of uh, Ground Control. Uh, go to jetsrewards.ca. Time to hand out 50 Jets reward points just for typing in the word passing. Uh, passing is your code word. Punch it in. 50 Jets reward points just for listening to Ground Control as we uh, continue to roll on here. The Jets will take on the Minnesota Wilds on Tuesday, the first game post-trade deadline. There will be a buzz in the building. No doubt about it, what this team's going to look like uh, going forward and into the into the playoffs. But, uh, Tyler, what are you looking forward to seeing on the ice tomorrow night? Well, I don't actually know, Jamie. With all with all the players that we've acquired and yeah. not knowing about Josh Morrissey and, mm-hmm. and and all that together, I know I don't really know what to expect. And that's what I'm excited about is just to see where – uh, what the mind of Paul Maurice and his coaching staff uh, sew together for tomorrow, where Kevin Hayes fits in. You know, I was talking to Mitch earlier today, and you just you just think about what we did today and the Jets did today, and you go, this is going to be a different hockey team going mm-hmm. forward uh, with all the acquisitions and you know just the the, the size that's been added and and the veteran presence that's been added. Uh, I, I'm just really excited, and hopefully, all it takes for us to beat the Minnesota Wild <laughs> this season, apparently, this yeah. season. Just Matt Hendricks. Just one time. So, we'll see. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, uh, the Wild and, and Predators did a deal. So, like, Kevin Fiala is expected to play for the Minnesota mm-hmm. Wild uh, tomorrow as well. So, that's going to be interesting. So, I think line rushes will be must-see Twitter, or if you're in the building, must-see uh, live. Because it's going to be interesting to just see the the number of uh, – whether they're different combos. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally Paul Maurice doesn't like to make too many changes if he's injecting people, but with the amount of guys that he has to kind of get into the lineup, it's going to be uh, pretty – I think it's going to be pretty cool to see. I had uh, asked Chevy if he remembered his first trade when he was the general manager uh, as a general manager of the Winnipeg Jets that involved a player, and he, he could tell it's too far back, and uh, I was asking a lot of him. So it was July 2011. Uh, Eric Fair came to Winnipeg. Uh, from Washington for Danik Paquette and a 2012 fourth-round pick. So uh, I, I appreciate Chevy. I kind of put him on the spot on that one. So another reason why I might not have a job tomorrow. So, again, <laughs> it's been great working with you guys. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Kevin Hayes fits in this whole 
this whole puzzle uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And, and if he's going to be with Patrick Laine, who, thank goodness, is back to scoring again. I could hear you guys breathing a sigh of relief uh, from Vegas that night to, to have him scoring uh, three goals in the last two games is tremendous. But it's uh, all fun from here as we get into the meat of the season and, and into the playoffs. Uh, appreciate you for listening to Ground Control. We look forward to talking to you again next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.